I've always been recording demos, you know, mm. like for the Albini thing, uh, all the albums I would do, and for the first two albums, some of it was done in May. I did it myself and then brought it to the studio when we finished it, you know. So I always use this for drum files. <laughs> and uh, explain what this is for people who can't it's a, see. It's a Yamaha DJX. <laughs> I bought it for about 15 quid. Hold on to the sea. <laughs> this is how most Melodian songs begin. <laughs> this is it. It always, it's always the same beat. Hold on to the sea. for me. Yeah. Just because This is Stevie Scullion, better known under the musical moniker Melodia. And what we're hearing right now is an early demo of essentially two of his songs. The lyrics from this demo actually ended up on a track that sounds completely different. It's called Beard Song. the music from that early demo, that went on to spawn this. Let Your Weirdness Carry You Home, the title track from Melodian's superb self-produced fourth album. Earlier this year I travelled to Stevie's home in Antrim to talk about the recording process for this song and hear about its evolution. He played me elements of the recording in isolation and discussed the pivotal contributions from teenage fan club bassist Jerry Love and Beck's drummer Joey Warnker. Entomologian on the Thin Air podcast. So literally built from this? Yeah. I, would, I had a couple of songs with that beat going and it built it at different tempos or whatever, but it was just 4 4, you know? I was thinking, right, if I'm going to do it myself as a side project, I can't have drums like that. So I started, a friend of mine sent me to, have you, have you ever been on the Loop Loft? No. It's, it's a website. Let me see. They have, whenever I went on, the first name that I saw was, it came up there now, it was Joey Warnker. So and the, what's the, he played on? I, I knew him from back, from back stuff. Mm-hmm. So there he is there. And I didn't even realise whenever, is it Bill Barry left REM, mm. they got him in. He's on tour with Roger Waters at the minute. He's played with all sorts of people. So I started downloading these. So these are, just explaining this, these are, are like, like packages software where you can program drums that sound exactly like him yeah. or they're drums that it's he's already playing. recorded. He, it's his like loops. So you can either have samples of his drums are actual loops of him playing and then instead of that thing yeah <laughs> the yamaha djx you get joey warnker or joey warnker bot <laughs> so that was all well and good and then i have a young daughter and half the time i'm like a taxi man just waiting on her coming out of she was a drama this day and so i would be sitting in the cafe waiting on her and i started thinking what if uh could get him to do the drums instead of just putting in the loops. 
So just on my phone, just was Googling, trying to find the contact for him, and I found an agency. And I didn't even know if it would be up to date or what the crack would be. So I did, I sent off an email, and next thing he emailed me. So there was talk of me going to LA as well, he has a studio. And just the way that it worked out, it, it wasn't feasible for him to come over or me to go over there. But, but nevertheless, like he recorded his drums live for you. Yeah. in LA yeah. rather than you having to program anything yeah. I mean did you uh, like were you sending him like a rough version using the keyboard or yeah. using himself yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is what he's getting yeah shaking his head and going oh no <laughs> and then you take them out And as you say, they seem busy, but they're not. They're perfectly. This is one of the ones when I was mixing and just soloed them. It was like, the class was like, email Joey, he was on tour. It was like, just mixing the song. The drums are mental. <laughs> These are cheers, man. And there's a little bit of tambourine in there as well, I think. All the percussion is, for every song, it was like, it wasn't just them getting on the drums, it was like, thought out all the pieces for the percussion and everything, so. And then Jerry, with his bass, like every track that he plays on, he would send me like seven, maybe not every time, but. seven options and he would play them all and there would be like a detailed paragraph of what he felt each one was bringing mm-hmm. so it'd be like it's nuts the first song I ever sang on stage was a Teenage Fan Club song it was one of Jerry's songs so I would listen through them and say right verse one in this class chorus three bridge five yeah. and then he would take them all and put them together and do a final take yeah so the the bass parts are comped from four or five different versions. Yeah, but comped just till he got what what the part was, and then he played it. Yeah. So the the final part was him nailing it. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. I'd be like, I've comped it on a science class. Don't worry. And he'd be like, No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll send you the, the the finished take. You know. He was like, loved by name, loved by nature. It was all the dealings with him were so classy. Everybody was. Well, let's look at that unique guitar tone on this as well, that electric guitar tone, which is like really sludgy and probably like to my ears, it might sound like really thin if it's on its own, or maybe that's just the volume you have it at. There's one that comes in on the second verse. Here comes that. Andy Murray, the, my first band, he was a singer and guitar player. But he's obsessed with paddles. When he come up, come up here to record, the amps were there, and his paddle board's about that size. So it's like, fuck's sake, Half the room. Yeah. yeah. He gets a good muddy tone out of yeah. it, though. So he was like, you need some fatness instead of just the... My guitars are this. 
There's two guitars here now. Okay. And there's just panned 80 left, 80 right. Interested as well, you had the decision to keep harmonies throughout the entire song. It's not just emphasis on one line. You have two vocals. Yeah, the vocals for this back does this sometimes. I remember th hearing a back song. You just go and thinking that's class because he was doing like you know you think you're just hearing his voice down here, mm. but when you, you zone in, there's, there's one just above, just doing an octave above. There's a, there's a harmony that Rachel does. I was saying to you about Rachel Boyd. Rachel Boyd, yeah. She does a, a harmony. She does a really weird note coming up here. Your beauty comes from deep yeah. inside your bones. That's class. But the, the idea for that was, I was trying to get most of the people who played on the album or had something to do with the album to sing at the end of this. By, the, by that stage, I decided it would be the, the last track on the album, and it was like, it should be the trumpets and all are going, you know, it should be a big finale, you know. The trumpet player as well, just coming up and asking him to try something. And he, he did a lot of stuff that was, he's a jazzer, you know. He played a lot of jazzy stuff and I had to comp a few bits to get the solo, but then at the end when you hear it, you're like, it's one of my favourite things on the album now, you know. Especially when the, the drums and bass kick in halfway through that solo. But let your weirdness carry you home though, I think there is the weirdness in it. There's the feedback at the start and end, it's bookended by this kind of squall. And then you, you let it all kind of fall apart at the end as well. There's this kind of like yeah. revealing what's behind all the layers that kind of falls apart with like conscious. Yeah, there was like the wee sort of keyboardy weird bit and all at the end. Because I'm not a keys player, usually if we're recording, I'll let someone else do it because they're better, but you know, they probably wouldn't play it the way that I played it. <laughs> then th those, that, that wee bit there, yeah, what is that? It's just me messing about. It's, it's funny though, it sounds like when I hear it in the mix of everything else, it sounds like plucked, you know? It's 
so odd that those notes stand out that way. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. It gives it a lot of character. And like from an arrangement point of view, the same. If if you're sort of looking over a producer's shoulder, it's hard to be sending. I can hear that doing this and, and move that. And mm-hmm. so to be sitting and have the freedom to arrange things exactly the way you want it and take your time. It's it's definitely cool having your own space, you know. Strangest things should fill your day 